Hello, welcome everybody to Jet Streamers, <laughs> and uh, this is episode five of Jet Streamers. We are going to be flying from the capital of Kosovo, which I definitely didn't learn when we moved there the first time, but we're going from the capital of Kosovo, Pristina, all the way to Mykonos in Greece, uh, with somebody who you'd be shocked to find hasn't actually ever been there. Uh, it's, I am stunned. <laughs> That this hasn't <laughs> happened already. Um, please yeah, let me know if all the audio and everything's okay. Sorry? This is my first time, yeah. First, yeah. So, welcome on board. It is, no, it's not October the 26th. It is November the 17th. This is how well uh, prepared I am. Uh, and today we're flying here yeah, from Pristina, the capital of Kosovo, to the gay paradise of Mykonos. Our co-pilot today is the one and only Justin Nick, who is a variety <laughs> streamer originally from Canada, but now living in the US of A. And he's also a founder of the Rainbow Arcade Dream Team. So in just a few moments, we'll dim the lights and get ready for takeoff. Please be aware, poppers are not allowed on board. And for hygiene reasons, we'll be keeping the door bathroom, uh, uh, the bathroom door locked. <laughs> not after last time. So oh, welcome, welcome, Justin. Thank you so much for agreeing to, uh, you know, to take part in this. <laughs> I'm, I'm very excited for this flight. You know, nothing brings me more joy than uh, Biggest Venice Airlines. You know, I'm a, I'm a Biggest Venice Airlines card holder. You've never seen this before, have you? Because, yeah, the, <laughs> we've had, we've bounced along every runway we've met. I think, yeah, I'm I'm banned from about three countries now for just destroying these runways. Uh, going at a good 45 degree angle. Yeah, <laughs> that's fine. There's a lot, we, they, they, like the, the roof of the cabin is completely wiped clean. Uh, I can hit mountains. I nearly, I nearly did hit mount, a mountain. Um, <laughs> and also, I've got to say, thanks to, thanks very much to not just, not just the last patch, but the patch before Flight Simulator, um, autopilot is broken. So that, <laughs> oh, such no. fantastic news. Yeah, that what could go wrong? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh gosh. All right. Well, just again, yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Um, how are you doing today? I'm doing well. Uh, you know, it's it's a wonderful time. Well, not quite a wonderful time yet. It'll be wonderful time in the U.S. on January 20th. But, you know, things are looking <laughs> up. So it's been good the last couple of days. <laughs> yeah. I love that um, they announced the vaccine like two days after the election. And they're just uh -huh. how angry must they be feeling in there? <laughs> that, uh, there is uh, this <laughs> hope on the horizon, but it was announced just a couple of days too late for them. Yeah. What a pity. What a pity. Um. <laughs> So I mean, let, let's go right to the beginning of then you streaming because obviously you're uh, before you started streaming you were uh, you were very big on Instagram and stuff. But why did you decide one day that you wanted to stream? Well, I, I think for me, I I've always played video games like since I was young. I I mean, I remember having like Pokemon Blue and you know like an N sixty four and playing that with my family. You know, especially like Mario Kart sixty four, and then Final Fantasy nine hit, and it was like. I fell in love with games as soon as like I played Final Fantasy IX. So I've been playing games forever. Uh, and then had been on Instagram for a long time, doing the social media thing for a long time. But then uh, I, I really love Final Fantasy XIV. I've played it for like five years. And the first streamer that I ever watched was Spofy. Oh. Uh, who was a member of the Rainbow Arcade, actually. And this was before I even knew what Twitch was, really. But I was watching Spofy because I was like, oh, I love Final Fantasy XIV. I want to see how like the you know this person plays the game and any tips or tricks etc 
And then, you know, I watched Spofy for a long time and I was like, I kind of want to give this a try. And that's sort of like what led me to start streaming, actually. So I have to give a huge thanks to Spofy. <laughs> were you, so were you a Final Fantasy XIV streamer at the beginning? I I was kind of. I, I don't think I necessarily like branded myself as like a Final Fantasy XIV streamer, but I pretty much, I think my first stream was Final Fantasy XIV actually. And I, I did that for a long time. And let me tell you, if I could, if I didn't have to delete those VODs, if I could, or those <laughs> clips, I could go back and watch. It was probably a mess. Yeah. But yeah, it was definitely Final Fantasy XIV that, that was the first game I streamed. Wow. Have you done it recently? I feel like I've seen you stream Final Fantasy XIV before, but maybe not in a while. Yeah, it's it's been a little bit. I I'm really bad at like multitasking with Final Fantasy XIV, especially because like a lot of the stuff I do in XIV is mostly like savage rating, for example. So I tend to shy away from it because I'm so focused. I don't feel like I'm entertaining. Like I, I watch other MMO streamers who can like do all the things at once and still like keep up with chat. And I was like, that's not me. <laughs> so usually all I do if with like, if I do stream Final Fantasy XIV, it's like on a big patch day or a big expansion day or, yeah. or something like that typically. That latest expansion is just... Oh my gosh, it's so good. I'm currently with, uh, I'm playing a bit with uh, Ed Knights, who you know is uh, yeah. a friend of Rainbow Arcade. And um, I keep saying to him, he's like, it's, it's a little bit boring at the moment. Like, just, just wait, just wait till you get to yeah. Shadowbringers. Oh my gosh, it completely changes. Like once you get to Shadowbringers, it's so good. Yeah. All right, I've, I've turned on autopilot so we can, we can relax, we can chill. <laughs> I, I've got to say though, Spofi is, yeah, she, Spofi influenced me as well. She, um, like the 100 days of stream, I was like, if Spofi can stream for what, 1300 or so <laughs> days in a row, I can do 100 days before my birthday. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's I can't even imagine it. Like, I want to do it as well at some point, but I just like, when I think about it, I'm like, oh gosh, how? Like, yeah. how? <laughs> there were so many things that kind of just aligned at the right time that it was perfect. But uh, yeah. now I've like committed to do that every year now before my birthday. So that'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. Ed, by the way, says, it's so boring. <laughs> I've not trusted both sad. of you. Yeah. Not this sad. Trust me, Ed. Trust me. <laughs> um, so what? Why do you enjoy streaming? So obviously you started it. What makes you uh, stick around and keep streaming? Yeah. I I think for me, it's the it's always like sort of shadowed with like my experience on other social media platforms is why I appreciate Twitch so much because I, I think my partner and I started on Instagram and like when it was fairly new, like back in 2012 and to sort of see its evolution and to you know, realize it's very like two dimensional uh, and you don't really get to like be yourself or, you know, you are yourself, but it's like a very like, it's like a 15 minute snapshot into that. Right. And, you know, you get a very two dimensional idea of who I am and what I stand for. And with Twitch, I, I sort of found not, not necessarily like I always knew what my voice was, but I sort of found like a space where, I could be myself and and express myself and not feel awkward about it. And there would be people there who are who are sort of rallying around that community. So, you know, I the thing I really love about Twitch is really sort of it's afforded me this opportunity to just like be my goofy self. And then, you know, this beautiful community sort of I, I we all I think every streamer agrees, you know, the community <laughs> that build up around it are just so amazing. And and it, it, it what makes it so great for me is being able to hang out with people I consider friends, you know, like every time I hit the go live button. Yeah. 
no, I totally agree with that. And uh, yeah, I feel like yeah, with Instagram, whereas when you're with Twitch, it's a bit like a reality TV. You see the real person. You see them yeah. when they're you know needing a drink or they're just going like just the the really boring things that no in a million years you're never going to put a picture of it on Instagram. Although I know some people I follow do, but like they're <laughs> like your it's real. It's kind of like raw, unedited footage. It's you. It's exactly. There. Exactly. <laughs> um. All right. What? How did you find it at the very start? So you started streaming Final Fantasy fourteen. How how did you find it? Oh my gosh! If I could go back and and like watch this, I I don't I think ever that, want to do that with mine. Like never. <laughs> I was so nervous. I remember being so nervous. I I could. I remember feeling like remembering sort of like the quiver in my voice about like going live, and then I'm sure I wasn't entertaining at all. Like because I was like I said, I was playing Final Fantasy fourteen. And I was doing a savage raid with friends and I'm sure I was like, not, I was not interacting with chat at all. Like, you know, it was, it, and it, it too, on top of that, it's like a huge learning curve, right? Like, oh. you know, I'm not very technologically savvy myself. So having to set like OBS up and, and all the, you know, the gadgets and gizmos, I was like, just praying, praying hmm. that I got everything right. <laughs> oh yeah. OBS can be a real, real, real pain. Yeah. <laughs> I remember setting up a scene and then setting up maybe like a hundred different sources on that of various sound clips and effects and all that stuff. And then one day I went to delete an effect and accident accidentally deleted the entire scene. <laughs> There's no backups on OBS. <gasps> yeah. Oh Gaze and tech. Yeah. Always. Audio issues to this day. It doesn't matter how long you stream, but audio yeah. issues always gonna be the plague. So <laughs> Yeah. Absolutely no. Yeah, today, like the reason why I don't have my like I've got my green screen behind me and not normally in the box is because today my cam link just decided not to do it. Yeah. You know? This is the sixth time I've done a, yeah, maybe seventh or so time that I've done a uh, a stream from from this and today, no, decided they just didn't want to use my uh, camera on there. So, so that's great. Um what have you learned along the way, uh, you know, that you wish you'd known at the start? So if you do go back and look at yourself, if you could speak to yourself, what would you have said? Yeah, I think, uh, I, I, I honestly think it's something that I've learned from others as I went. And it's to, you know, even in like, you know, we just talked about how Instagram, it's very easy to be two dimensional and sort of fit into like a cookie cutter of like what social media is. And I think I probably tried to do that at the start. You know, you look at streamers and you aspire to 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 succeed and do like other streamers do. And you have your inspirations, et cetera. And I think I tried in the beginning, especially to sort of fit into this mold where I saw other streamers sort of like succeeding. And I was like, what, do I have to emulate that to to do well? Um, and I quickly realized that like that's not the way to do it because you know, it, one, it goes like sort of went against like what I was trying to to leave behind with Instagram. Right. And then mm. two, it just didn't feel authentic. You know, I was trying to sort of force myself to do things like, for example, like the Final Fantasy 14 streams, for example, like I love Final Fantasy 14, but it was sort of like this learning journey to be like, here are the games I enjoy playing. Here are the moments I enjoy having on stream here's like the voice I enjoy having and it makes me feel comfortable and also makes me feel like I'm being myself 100%. Mm -hmm. uh, it was sort of like a journey to get to that point to, to realize that like you don't have to emulate like the big streamers or you don't have to play XYZ game. You can just be yourself and people will come and that's more important than like trying to, to fit into this mold. So yeah. I think for me, it was really just like this learning experience of like 
learning to say no and to just be like, I'm going to do what I want to do. And I like, if I don't enjoy it, I'm not going to do it anymore. <laughs> yeah. No, I think that makes it fun as well. Like if you, if you're doing stuff because you feel like you have to, it just, yeah. it's no longer fun. And, and that's what's kind of impressive about you is that you can have a just chatting stream or you can be playing a horror game or you can be playing some goofy uh, dating simulator game, whatever. And you'll still have the same people there. So you, yeah. you do have like a core, a core community. Like I, I've got a friend who, built up an entire channel playing Fortnite, and then one day uh-huh. and he, he got partnered and then one day he's like yeah, i'm a bored of Fortnite. i'm gonna switch to uh valorant and now the poor guy he's like he, he likes it because he's playing valorant but he's got 10 viewers because it's yeah. it's a community it's not really a community that is built up and yeah and that i think that's so tough for streamers too because yeah. you know i see like i i still feel you know i think another takeaway for me is that like no matter how long you're doing streaming you're always thinking about like what like if you're at 100 viewers you're like what do i need to do to like attract more people and i think that's like a constant struggle and it sort of goes into the whole (laughs) what game should i be playing like what games are popular and should i be doing xyz thing and i think no matter how long or if you've even like you know figured out sort of your place i think we all sort of battle with those insecurities and and you know uh, i remember when i first got partnered um like the there was like a sort of like a market drop in my viewership right after getting partnered can 100 percent relate to this yeah yeah i felt so bad like i felt like a fraud almost and i was like you know and i think that doesn't like ever really go away for streamers because we yeah. sort of like put our heart on the table right but it, it's like tricky to sort of navigate those emotions and and you know want to feel like you're doing the right things to make it entertaining for individuals. So it's it's a it's a journey that will probably continue forever. <laughs> yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, especially like if I if I'm doing a stream that may be something a bit different to normal, and my average viewers at the end is lower than seventy five, I get like super imposter syndrome. I was actually like, they partnered me because I had an over higher average than seventy five, and now I'm I'm doing less. And yeah, I know. And it's like it it is it's like that imposter syndrome that sort of just like rears its ugly head. I mean. Obviously, Ben, you like 100% deserve that check mark, and people who like work that hard obviously oh. deserve it. But I remember myself also feeling like when that drop happened, I was like, "Oh God, yeah. <laughs> doing awful." <laughs> I gotta say, it does feel really good to know that it happens to other people as well, because it was yeah. just near the end of the hundred days of stream when I was like building up, and then it kind of just went to a normal schedule, and and yeah, you see a big, a big drop. But there, I mean, I, I'm sure you agree. Like, so lucky to actually get that. Uh, to get the opportunity to, to be offered that that it's oh absolutely absolutely definitely something I will never take for granted um, but yeah as Canadian Bug Girl said in the chat Gemma she says variety streamers are streaming on hard mode yeah 100% oh, exactly. yeah yeah oh, absolutely because you know and, and I think that's another thing like variety streamers often compare ourselves to people who have like a main game that they stream mm-hmm. and I know I do it too and you know like you benefit from sort of having that community that's built up around the game and you. And when you're variety streaming, you know, you could one day play a game that some people don't enjoy. And that's just, that's part of it. Like not everybody enjoys the same type of games Yeah, and it can just, it, it can feel like a personal hit, even though it not, it shouldn't necessarily, <laughs> but it does. It always feel, you know, because you, yeah. like, like I said, you put your heart and soul into streaming. So it does feel personal. Sometimes. Yeah. I mean, sometimes <laughs> they'll come into chat and be like, Oh, I'm not interested, interested in this game. See you later. Like, okay. <laughs> You don't need to say that. I'm already emotional. Yeah, I'm already like worried about whether I should be streaming this or not. And you're like, this is boring. Bye. <laughs> like, cheers. Thanks for that. <laughs> Help, helps the imposter syndrome. Um, <laughs> yeah. 
How would you, what advice would you give them for somebody starting out? So you know what worked for you. If somebody was to say, you know, I'm, I'm starting out on Twitch. How do I build a community? How do I grow? I mean, they're two different ones that maybe work together, but what would you suggest? Yeah, I think for me, it's like if I could have learned it sooner to just do it for having, you know, to not, I've always had fun streaming, but to not feel like I needed to fit into a mold like do that as soon as you can and like recognize your worth as soon as you can because people are going to like fall in love with you for who you are. Um, and my other thing too is if I could go back and like tell myself and it's something that I always love telling newer streamers as well that if you have like above three or four average viewers, I think you're already in like the top one or 2% of streamers yeah. on Twitch because the wide majority of streamers stream to like one or two people. Mm -hmm. So... You know, if I could go back and sort of like have these moments where I like centered myself and reminded myself that like, this is like my journey and my journey alone. Like, I don't need to compare myself. I don't need to feel like I'm, I'm fighting for metrics. It's so hard. You know, everybody wants to be successful and do the right thing, but, um, doing that. And then the, the other thing too, is not to over overwhelm yourself with the different forms of social media that sort of integrate into it. Mm -hmm. I think. I got really burnt out in my first year and a half of streaming because I was like, I saw so many people who were like doing clips on Twitter and TikTok and YouTube videos and XYZ things and, and, you know, being so active all the time. And, you know, like I was also, you know, I, I working a job and I didn't have that much time, but I always felt like I was, you know, falling short because I wasn't doing it. So the other thing too is, you know, making, I, I, I would always recommend to people like do what you can and then leave it at that. And if you don't like a certain social media platform, don't worry about it. You don't need to compare yourself in that way. And the other thing too is if you are going to do those things and, and it is, it is a boon to like your, your stream to do those things, but work. And I think Jude said it, Mermaid Queen Jude said this as well, like work smarter, not harder. Uh, especially with regard to like social media. Like if you make a clip and it's made for Twitter, like post it on TikTok too. You don't need to do extra work. Like I, I just, I think my thing is like, I got so burnt out trying to do all the like X, Y, Z, like here's the cookie cutter steps of like success on Twitch. And it's, it really is different for everybody. Nobody ever feels like it's different for everybody, but it really is. So like just embrace your own journey. Yeah, I mean, I totally agree with that as well. By the way, um, we just asked, do we have any drinks on board? Yeah, we do. Uh, would you, what would you like? What tipple would you like? Um, I, I don't I, like what whatever's gonna get me to Lindsay Lohan, uh, Mykonos, Tequila. Dan, she takes her hair, you know. Te like, tequila. Is that what it is? Get sure. the tequila. Yeah. Just straight tequila. Thank you. Straight tequila. Yeah. The darker the better. <laughs> We are currently, by the way, flying over. I'm definitely not Googling it because I totally forgot. Uh, we are currently flying over uh, North Macedonia. So there you go. Oh, love North that. Macedonia. Beautiful. Beautiful is North Macedonia. I've never been to North Macedonia. Um, <laughs> I, uh, it, we were playing the, we were going through some Eurovision videos on stream, of, a few, like a bunch of oh us. God, and, I miss Eurovision. Oh, and one of the things was we didn't quite know where North Macedonia was. So we asked Alexa on stream. There's a, yeah, there is a clip. Unfortunately, it got deleted, but it's been backed <laughs> up. I will find it. Uh, and it's, we asked Alexa where North Macedonia was. And she said, North Macedonia is in the northern part of Macedonia. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Really? Cheers. Thanks, Alexa. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it was brilliant. Brilliant. Uh, but no, I totally agree with you as well. Like when it comes to somebody like you're, 
people want to get big on Twitch as well, but the number one place to not advertise, but to get that growth is on Twitch. Obviously on Twitter and TikTok will help you and stuff, but I find that yep. being in other communities, obviously not make it like today we had somebody popping in telling them, great, they were starting their stream in 30 minutes, wonderfully. Don't do that. Gosh. But like, uh, yeah. Today, I think it's a full moon today. I had three three trolls, which was uh, oh, no. a lot higher than normal. But yeah, <laughs> it's actually quite surprisingly lately. But what, yeah, one of the things is if you're going to be, if you want to grow, you can grow on Twitch and Twitch alone, like just by yeah. hanging Ooh. out. For example, yeah. we know Swezzle, our friend Swezzle, who is, yeah. he has been a viewer in both of our communities absolutely for so long and really active. And then he made the transition over to streaming and he's doing so, so well. Like, yep. Oh, absolutely. And that, like, that just like, like you said, it just like attests to like, just creating like real connections to people. Yeah. And you can do that just on Twitch. Like you don't need to do that on other platforms. So like, if you're not like, you know, like you might not be ready to take the dive into all those different things of social media and that's okay. Mm. Um, so yeah, like, yeah, Swizzle's been great. I remember, I can't say the name of the Pokemon he traded to me, but <laughs> that's how we met. So that's how you, oh, really? <laughs> I can't say, I don't want to say it on there. No, you can, you can say, don't worry. I'll, um, no, you know, um, we have the explicit yeah. tag on. There's the Gudra Pokemon and Gudra is like dripping, you know, it's like oh, a no. dragon type Pokemon that's a little drippy and, uh, Swazzle before he traded it to me, named it Cummies. Um, so it just said, Swazzle is trading you Cummies. And that's, that was like my first interaction with Swazzle. Oh no. <laughs> Your first day in, yeah. And then you just knew, I like this guy. Yeah, uh, and he was in my party for a really long time. Let me just say, you kept coming for a while, did you? <laughs> <laughs> oh dear, can't imagine the smell. Can't imagine. Oh god, <laughs> get cummies, get partner. Exactly, exactly. Oh god. Oh. And so, in wrapping up the like the streaming part, what do you like best about streaming? What's your favorite bit? It's definitely, it's definitely the community. Like I, I think I talked about it on, on another podcast and, and, you know, I, I think it's the community and like the friends that I've made, especially like it's been, it's always been like that. But like, I think 2020 highlighted it even more mm. because you know I like most of us, we've been inside for months now and being able to like hang out and just like be with people, even if it's like in, you know, not be, be like physically next to someone, but to like be able to hang out with, you know, your friends has been, has been truly amazing. And I, I think that that's what I really love about it. And then two, I think uh, sort of taking like another view at it as well. I, I, Twitch is having like a lot of issues right now and there's a lot of things going on. And I think we're calling out a lot of ways that like Twitch is sort of failing uh, creators, mm -hmm. but what I will say about Twitch is something that I've noticed over my three years streaming is that Twitch does give creators a voice and Twitch sort of becomes this bridge then to wider industries like the gaming industry or the tech industry. And I think we're starting to see that that shift where those industries are listening to communities. So I, I think it's really putting pressure on industries to get representation right because creators who consume these games and who are passionate about these games have an opportunity to be like, you're getting this wrong. For example, you know, the whole thing with the dead naming in the last of us part two, mm. or they can say you're getting it right. Like, you know, if it with tell me why and, and games like that. And I think it's important that 
you know, that bridge is being created. And I think, you know, in addition to loving my community, I also love sort of that Twitch gives folks a voice to to sort of have and and make space for these changes and let game the game industry know that like we sort of demand better. Yeah. No, I totally yeah. That is I never even thought of it like like that, but that is that is totally true. Just go on Twitter and it's not just the ones that will be kind of shouting for Call of Duty or get rid of skill-based matchmaking and all that, those kind of ones. But there are, yeah, there are so many people uh, tweeting out there, getting thousands, tens of thousands of likes and retweets and commentary on, for example, the um, the poster in Cyberpunk that exactly. was there. Yep. The uproar that that came and woof, they've changed it or they've removed exactly. it. Um, it, it I, just works. Think that, I just love that. Like, I think that that's like one of the, the most amazing things because I've seen it become more prominent over the three years I've been on on Twitch and I I sort of love that it's going in that direction. Mm. Another one, yeah, the representation in Spider Man. Oh, I need exactly. to get new Spider Man. Yep. Yeah, I need to play that new Spider Man Thursday. I'm so annoyed. You've got you've got your PS5, haven't you? I did. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if we have to wait an extra week. It's been killing me. I've refused to watch anybody streaming anything that could potentially be on a PS5 because I'm just oh, oh dear god. Me. Okay, now going on to like Rainbow Arcade, obviously. Obviously, a lot of yeah. people know you and have met me through Rainbow Arcade because it's such a wonderful community. What made you want to start a stream team? Yeah, so I think the the thing for, for me was when I first, back in 2017, when I first started streaming, I wanted to find... I, the LGBTQI plus tag had, had existed, but it was fairly new. Um, it was like after communities ended, they created the LGBTQI plus tag. And I was looking for like a, I wanted like this synthesized space where like there would be like a list of of like vetted LGBTQI plus streamers who I knew would be uplifting and it would be a safe space for everybody. And I felt like, you know, I could be involved and be me. Um, and I had looked for teams that were LGBTQI plus and I didn't find any. I think there was one that I did find at the time back in 2017, but it hadn't been utilized. There was no information on it there. I think it had sort of maybe like existed and then it just sort of fell out of, of, you know, nobody was like actively, um, up, you know, promoting it or anything like that. So back in 2017 and when I when I found out how teams worked, I was like, if I ever get partnered, like I would love to create a, a team of LGBTQI plus individuals because there's, and the other thing too, is there's like a lot of LGBT plus friendly teams. Like yeah. they're extremely inclusive, but I wanted like a place where there would be like vetted members of the LGBTQI plus community. And it didn't have to be like a huge thing like Twitch kittens. It could just be like streamers who use their platform, not just for games, but also for being, you know, out and proud about who they are and, and, you know, striving for better representation and live streaming and gaming, et cetera. So the idea came probably back in like 2017, late 2017, after like a year I had been, been starting it and then um i got partnered uh, i think two years ago now and after that i was like i i'm gonna do this like let's do this and I, you know john john's been a really good friend for a long time and i i also knew that like you know uh, you know having interacted with other team leaders that it's not easy running a team either it's like deceptively difficult hmm. so i didn't want to go into it myself either and you know, I, I talked to, to JJ, who's like a really amazing friend and was like, let's do this together. Like, let's like co-found this and let's like work together to make sure that like 
we're doing this right and that, you know, not only are we getting, you know, doing the work for representation in live streaming, but that we're also making sure everybody on the team feels like they're supported. Mm. Um, so that's sort of how that all started. Yeah, and it did. And you, was it, was Cody involved as well from the very start? Yes, Cody, Cody worked really closely with us as well. And Cody did a lot of like, um, I mean, I can't, I can't even imagine the hours Cody's put into like, the videos and and making yeah. sure that like everything like Cody did all of the intro videos most of like our our special videos and he does like all the background production for like special things so yeah there's no like, you can't dude, imagine yeah. the amount of stuff that Cody does like when I was when we did the panel the other day and I was on the last panel right at the end I'm like we have to have to thank Cody because yeah I hope he had a very strong drink at the end of that or at least uh, and the thing is and i think even like urban bohemian brian pointed out like in a in a dm for like my panels group it was like i've been on brian was like i've been on like very professional like you know long term like have been around for years panels like panels and summits and he was mm. like this run more smoothly than any of them <laughs> like cody's in the background just like absolutely doing amazing and yeah. Also, like with with Rude Animes and and a Quarter Ghost and Justice Kazi did the front page and everything yeah. like that. I mean, it was really amazing. Oh, it was. I there was no. I was kind of nervous about doing it. A little bit nervous. Then Cody does like a thirty second countdown. I've never <laughs> been like <laughs> every second yeah. he did. I was like, oh shit. I was. I didn't think I was so nervous. And then <laughs> now he's giving me a, a five second countdown and he's like, the last two are silent. And I'm like, oh my god, I didn't know what to do. Just totally panicked. <laughs> yeah. Uh, didn't realize I was, I was, yeah, I was going to be getting that. Um, <laughs> so there aren't many people out there who've started a stream team. What do you, what do you suggest, you know, for somebody that did want to start a stream team? Um, you know, they had an idea. What would, I think like it's deceptively, there's deceptively a lot of work, you know, I, I like it's, it's never like I love doing the work, but I spend like a good chunk of my days like trying, like doing stuff for Rainbow Arcade and then finding time to do my own stuff because, you know, like, and I'm sure it's the same way for John John, but like, for example, like I, when I wake up in the morning, I look at social media, we have like a, uh, a Twitter list of everybody who's on the team. And I see if anybody on the team is doing something, you know, that, that should be promoted or, you know, like with the Rainbow Arcade Summit, it was like, you know, almost two months of working behind the scenes with like Sierra and Sierra X Mist and Cypher of Tear to sort of develop that. So it's deceptively a lot of work, especially if you want your members to feel like they're being seen and supported. So I, I think my biggest advice would be like one, just like going into it, knowing that it's that 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 much work and, yeah. you know, knowing that you can devote that much time. And then also like the other thing is like having like a trusted group of, you know, leaders who are willing to help you, you know, like it's impossible, it would be impossible for me or anyone to keep up with everything that's going on. So, you know, we have a team, like a, a leadership team of 11 people and they all bring different skills to the table, whether it's like graphics design, video editing, you know, Bad Andy Wrights did all of our graphics for Rainbow Arcade. Glenn has helped a ton with getting different things off the ground and it would be impossible not to go in there and, and know that you need that, that support as well. What did you like, maybe not expect from the team, like something that kind of popped up and you never really thought about it when you were setting it up? Like yeah, I think, I think this, the team, it feels like it's been like four years since January, 2020. Oh my God. Yeah. Somebody in the chat, when we talk about 2017, they're like, God, remember 2017? Go, when was that? 
<laughs> I remember the, the team started back in January and you know, I think the, what's been, what's been really interesting about like the rainbow arcade team is that like the team itself has like a mission beyond just like being a community of live streamers. So sort of seeing how people react. So kindly to the stream team has been has been like really amazing for for me to watch and i i think i always go back to like when we were inviting new members to the team and we rated winnie to let winnie know that they made the team and that's mm -hmm. w x n n i e underscore he's a new team member and when we rated winnie they started crying because they had made the team and the thing that they said was like the people on the team have done so much for me and i hope i can do that for someone else and I will be honest when I say I cried when I heard that because like that was like the goal, right? That mm. wasn't just about being a group of live streamers. It was also about like standing up for something and and all of us sort of collectively coming together to be like, we are, you know, LGBTQI plus streamers. We demand a seat at the table in this space. And by us just being loud and proud and out, like it helps other streamers feel like they can do that as well. Yeah. And, you know, granted, with that with that in mind, there's a, a ton of amazing LGBTQIA plus streamers who aren't on the Rainbow Arcade. And everybody who is putting in that work is making such an important and impactful difference. Yeah. And I think for me, that's just like something that's really been truly amazing to see. It is a bit of a, yeah, a bit of a pain as well that you can't accept everybody because it's so great that it's such a cozy community and we all know each other. We, you know, I see so many people in the chat as well who I recognize as being Rainbow Arcade members. But there are also yeah. so many wonderful others that haven't uh, yet, you know, joined. It's <laughs> yeah, exactly. You know, if they're determined, it's a, it's a matter of time, I'm sure. Just uh, exactly. But it's yeah, you know, I really, it's uh, it's a great thing to be part of. And seeing those raids was just incredible. Rude Anime is who I've known for years now. How long? Let me click. How long has Annie been following? Since uh, February. Okay, so like, I feel like I know you longer than that, Annie. Maybe I've been following you longer. But like, yeah, Annie. I feel like I've known for ages, but when, yeah, it does feel like years. It just feels like years. <laughs> well, actually, tomorrow's February. Could have been a few years ago. Um, but like seeing Danny join the team and Liam, for example, Liam was crying as well. Uh, hey, oh, Liam. It's just, yeah, it was, yeah. it was amazing seeing friends, seeing friends join and also new people. Like, for example, Cypher of Tear, Urban Bohemian. I yeah. didn't know them before they joined the team. And now I absolutely love their content. In fact, they, they influenced me a lot in, how I stream and how I approach things various. Absolutely. Yeah. It's brilliant. Um, okay. Now, whoop, where's my thing gone? Here we go. Um, what's in store for Rainbow Arcade in the future that you can talk about? You know, I, there's, there's some really big things on the, on the horizon that we, I, I'm unable to talk about right now, but there's some like really exciting changes coming. And I think something that's been nice to see and granted, there's more work to do. I think most corporations, Twitch included, have more work to do. But I think Twitch recognizes, you know, some of their shortcomings with regard to diversity and inclusion. And they're taking steps to address this in ways that isn't simply performative. So, you know, like when I first started back in 2017, like like many companies, it's not like necessarily like a detriment to Twitch, but maybe just like the way it works in general. But, you know, it, you know, Black creators are celebrated during Black History Month and LGBT creators are celebrated during Pride Month and, you know, Lat Latinx creators are celebrated during Hispanic Heritage Month. And that was sort of where it ended. And I think Twitch is moving in a direction to, away from that 
And uh, I'm excited that Rainbow Arcade is sort of involved in those discussions. And so there's a lot of those things coming on the horizon. And I think additionally too, uh, you know, the the team has evolved in a really unique way that a, a lot of teams with missions beyond just live streaming have. So I think about like Black Girl Gamers who had their summit um, in June and then Rainbow Arcade just had our summit um, just like a week ago at this point. Yeah. Um, and I'm excited to see more content and more events and more things like that sort of build around identity and, mm. you know, how that relates to us as live streamers. And so I'm really excited to see those things sort of continue for Rainbow Arcade. And of course, sometime in the near future, like bringing on new members. I, I love, you know, that whole pro. It's a very long process, yeah. <laughs> as you <laughs> but like it's it's a very like you know it's a very rewarding process and it's so amazing to see the applications and and see what what other lgbtqia plus content creators are doing on the platform to to push for more inclusivity so i i just am really excited but we are flying over thessaloniki oh we're in greece yeah. now <laughs> we are in greece <laughs> Get your uh, get that second tequila shot. We are uh, ready to have my Lindsay Lohan moment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, also, one question I've got to ask. I didn't put it on the on the doc, so I'm going to ask you. Uh, yeah. You know, couple out of the blue here and put you on the spot. When are we right. getting Rainbow Arcade merch? Because I I hear that so often from my own yeah. community. I want it so badly. I think right now, like the the confusing part is like, how do we like fit it in like for tax purpose wise? Okay. You know, because it's like such a weird thing, but. I, I think soon because we have so many like amazing graphics designers and, and people who are very well versed in like, um, you know, creating merch and and I 100 I, percent it will happen no matter what. We just have to figure out exactly how to navigate it. Yeah. Rainbows, pastels. Yeah. Can we get a Justin miniature? <laughs> a Justin bobblehead. What are they called? The, uh... We can put it right in the front of the, right there in the cockpit. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, Sarah's Rainbow Arcade polo shirts. I wouldn't dream of uh, giving you a polo shirt. Funko Pops, that's the word I was looking for, not bobbleheads. Yeah. Oh, my God. The ideas. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh, let me reach out to their media team. Seal burn. <laughs> All right, well, let's go on to some games now. We talked about streaming and Rainbow Arcade. What yeah. was... So you said, obviously, the first game you streamed was Final Fantasy fourteen, but I'm pretty sure that's not the first game you played. What, well, no, Final Fantasy Nine. you said, was the one... Was that, that the first game you... That made me fall in love with okay. gaming. I think the first game I vividly remember playing is Pokemon Blue. So like that first Pokemon game. Because I remember having like a, my my Game Boy. I got it for Christmas. I remember getting Pokemon Blue. And I remember just like playing it like nonstop. And then like getting super into like the Pokemon trading cards, et cetera, et cetera, when I was in elementary school. And... We must just, be the same age because this is like identical. Yeah. yeah. I think we are. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> But um, it was just, yeah, so that that's what got me into it. And then I, so I would, I guess my first console was like a, a, a like a first generation Game Boy. But then I remember my, my mom getting my little brother and I a Nintendo 64, which turned out to be disastrous for me because we were playing Mario Kart 64 and it was Rainbow Road and I kept falling off. And it was the first time I ever swore in front of my mother. I said, <laughs> shit. And she was Yes, <laughs> he took, took that console away so fast. Oh wow! <laughs> so angry about Rainbow Road. <laughs> she obviously didn't understand Rainbow Road because I mean, anybody that plays Rainbow Road, you swear. 
exactly exactly <laughs> yeah how could, do, have you seen the latest in fact yeah speaking of, of uh, like nintendo did you see the latest nintendo ad with the uh the gay uncles yes and i loved it so much oh. like it, it was like so warming to my heart and i also love like i think brian urban bohemia and i were talking about like how like there's like some league of mommy bloggers, like a thousand moms or something <laughs> like that. How they're gonna be pissed all holiday season. Yeah. And that brings me joy. Oh, like, yeah. I love in the that. UK we have mums net, I think. And is it a million moms or something over in the US? Yeah, a million moms, oh. yeah. But I, I just it just doesn't it didn't feel realistic because they were how calm can you be playing Mario exactly. Kart? <laughs> oh, exactly. Yeah, I've yeah. never once, you know, that was the only thing unrealistic about it, is that like that be me <laughs> i know i play i play mario kart quite often on like friday evenings and um like we have the family friendly tag when i used to have that that was taken off there uh, a friend gary from northern ireland he he says things that you know like i've never even heard of before some of the filth <laughs> uh, by the way danny danchan thank you so much for the raid we do have um oh apparently a million moms which is 187 people <laughs> so yeah, it's I, book girl, yeah. Um, <laughs> But I do have the alerts so because this goes on YouTube, it goes as Twitch highlight, it goes on iTunes, Spotify, everywhere. I have uh, all the alerts turned off. So if anybody, I'll go and thank you at the end. But like any follows, any subs, raids, thank you all so, so much. Um, but yeah, apparently when I play Mario Kart, yeah, I, I didn't think I was competitive. And then I, then you play Mario Kart and uh, yeah, Gary with some famous <laughs> lines. <laughs> oh my gosh. Uh, so what game do you think you've put the most time into easily final fantasy 14 yeah. uh i started playing final fantasy 14 oh my gosh when was it 2015 uh and pretty much have played it religiously since then now right now it's mostly like an off-stream game uh but i started playing during the heavens ward so the second expansion after the the relaunch after the disastrous like 1.0 um but i've I've played pro like probably hundreds. I I don't even want to do the playtime command in the game because I'm sure I put a, a a lot of time into it. Yeah, I'm like 600, 700 hours, which was it's actually my second most after now after Animal Crossing. Yeah. Uh, oh, I started about the same time as you as well. Did you go like right to the end of the story straight away? I did. I, I mean, I think when I first started playing, I, I took my time. So like, since I started playing during Heaven's Ward and there was like, really, like, if you got through like the, the, the 2.0 stuff, which was a mess, I mean, mm -hmm. they've recently changed that. But once you get through that 2.0 stuff, then 3.0 is like, so, so fun. Like Heaven's Ward is also a really great expansion. And I really took my time in Heaven's Ward. Mm -hmm. And then now I think I'm at the point where like, because I do like my the thing I love the most is like savage rating. And I have a lovely, a lovely team that I, and Davies in here, but it's, uh, I think all, uh, seven out of eight of us are all LGBT and we just call it the rainbow Raiders. And we get together like two times per week on like the new, like I really love savage rating and just hanging out with friends. So mm. that's predominantly what I do. So I sort of rush, I don't write, like I listen to the story, but I sort of rush through now. Cause you like want to get to that point where you can get to the end game content. What's your main so I, my, my first main was summoner mm -hmm. uh, and I was a summoner, all, like all of heaven's ward. And I did like raiding as a summoner for a long time. And then as Stormblood, I switched to scholar. So I was a scholar mm -hmm. main for a long time. And now I am un uh, unfortunately switching to a tank main for <gasps> the next, He's 
Yeah. So now I'm a warrior main, apparently. <laughs> Love that for me. <laughs> I like warriors. Although I'm Dark Knight now. I like a good. I like the the teeth coming up from the ground. It's the yeah. only one I can actually catch on. Yeah. <laughs> Mo modular top. <laughs> <laughs> top moment. <laughs> Oh, I can't heal. I'm crap at healing. Because I always played it on controller because I played it on PS. Listen, you just needed oh. to play Scholar because Scholar is just a broil mage. Like, I don't know what healing is myself. I was more, how many broils can I fit into this rotation? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I just, yeah, Scholars are the people that just stand there with symbols and books, isn't it? Isn't that the one? Yeah, yeah. that's mine. I like that one. It looked pretty. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot. He's so good though. Does your partner play... Final Fantasy yeah. 14 as well. Uh, one of the one of the ways like Nick and I got really close is like pretty much after we started dating, we started playing Final Fantasy 14 together. So Nick's been playing almost as long as I have. And I I got him into it because before I played 14, I played Final Fantasy 11, which was uh, Square Enix's first MMORPG um, with my little brother, like like all through middle school and high school and then into even into college a little bit. Um, so I was like, Nick, I think you'll really love this. Like, let's play this together. So we played, we started off playing Final Fantasy 14 together and Nick's actually on the raid team with us. So, yeah. so Nick does, he does our savage raids with us as well. Is he playing the next room or? Yeah, he's, he's in the bedroom and then I have like a streaming room. So like poor Nick has like the sort of like the janky setup. But <laughs> <laughs> Is he ever tempted to start streaming as well? Or is that your thing? I think it's mostly my thing. I think so. Nick works in the healthcare field. He's a, a nurse anesthetist, which is sort of unique to the the U.S. But he has a master's in nursing, and then he can administer anesthesia. Um, and he works very strange hours. So, like for example, like he works three twelves, but can also be on call. Um, so I think he typically like he really has sort of done his own thing with like a makeup journey, mm. uh, which like really proud of him for like being able to like sort of you know you know delve into you know sort of that like being able to be comfortable and confident with your feminine side and and you know even beyond that like makeup is just an item it doesn't really have a gender so him being able to do that has been really really cool to see yeah. um now he does love video games and you know he sometimes joked around like maybe i want to maybe i want to stream sometime and if he did want to do it i would be like all for it because he'd be hilarious to watch <laughs> Would you ever feel like, because I've seen him, is he game? Because I've seen him on your stream before, but yeah. um, as he gamed, would you, would you ever let him have it, you know, for an hour or two? Yeah, I mean, uh, we've, we've done some things like I've tried to do incentives on stream where he will stream and he'll do a scary game, but he is too scared of scary games. I remember like <laughs> one, I wanted him to play Visage and he played like the first five minutes and he was like, nope, done. And then he just like got up and walked away. <laughs> can relate, can relate. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Pro game. Mr. Will says Nick is a pro gamer. <laughs> yeah, no, Visage, I can I can definitely understand yeah, that. Absolutely. <laughs> no, no idea. No, wouldn't like that one. Um, <laughs> what What are your top three games of all time? If you had to pick. Ooh. Um, so I'm a Final Fantasy gay. Oh. Um, I, I've like loved Final Fantasy games my whole life. So they're mostly going to fall into that category. Yeah. So my... My three favorite games of all time um, are Final Fantasy XII, Final Fantasy Tactics, and then the, the first Last of Us, The Last of Us Part One. Wow. are my three favorite games of all time. So not 14 or 9? No, I love... No, don't get me wrong. I love them all. Uh, but like 9 
has a, a unique ending that sort of like the bait and switch ending I didn't like. Mm-hmm. Uh, like when I look back on it and I just loved 12 so much. Final Fantasy Tactics is like chef's kiss. And then um, like uh, I just I remember playing The Last of Us Part One and it was well after it came out and just being like absolutely stunned by how much I enjoyed it. So mm. have you played the second one? I did play the second one. I liked, I did like the second one actually. Yeah. Uh, I, I definitely think there were some things that I wouldn't have done in the game. Like if, if I were personally involved in the development of it, like, yeah. you know, like dead naming was very, um, it felt very insensitive and, you Unnecessary, know, maybe I felt. It, yeah. And, and to like, I, I really did not like the dogs, like having to no. kill the dogs. It, it just felt like excessive. So there was things I would change about it. I still did enjoy it. And, I actually liked the story. I didn't mind what happened early in the game. I didn't mind sort of like where it went later in the game either. Mm-hmm. Um, but I definitely didn't love it as as much as the first one. Yeah, I I agree. The first one I played a bit later, but it was yeah, it was on it was the remastered one. Speaking of by the yeah. way, the Final Fantasy Twelve. Would you recommend playing the Zodiac Age? Because I never played. Well, I never finished Twelve. I only yeah, I would highly recommend it. It's it is probably uh, like other than tactics, but like you know, like Final Fantasy twelve is my favorite standalone, and the Zodiac Age makes it better because it sort of makes the the gambit system and the the play a little bit more smooth. Mm-hmm. Um, so they definitely address some of like the things that people didn't love about the original one with the remaster and Zodiac age. And I cannot recommend 12 enough. <laughs> okay. Well, maybe if it comes out on PS five, you know, they give an update. <laughs> That's exactly. what I'm going to do is like yeah. anytime they release a patch that updates a PS4 game, I'm going to, all right, I'm downloading that and playing that. <laughs> uh, who is it that just recently did a playthrough of Zodiac age? Somebody, I feel like on rainbow. I Arcade. think Glenn, Glenn did one. I think recently it was Glenn. Yeah. Yeah. Glenn commentary playing Zodiac age was so good to, yeah, to live for <laughs> it really was um and yeah somebody in the chat i liked uh but andy says i liked abby more than ellie by the end of it i agree yeah. i did i actually liked i i thought it was interesting sort of and that's why i enjoyed the last of us part two because i thought it was like a really good story on the reality of a, a scenario like that and that there's like sort of you know, two sides of the coin, right? And, you know, I think we, I think the reason so many people were jarred by it is because, like, the first game, really, you fall in love with Joel and Ellie. Yeah. And and they are asking you, like, the creators are literally asking you to, like, take a step back and realize that, like, the things that they did in the first game have consequences that affected other people as well. Yeah. And you have to sort of be willing to go on that journey. And I think that a lot of the reason people didn't love it is because individuals had to sort of get out of that mindset of, like, being like Ellie and Joel stands right from the first game, you have to like realize that they're humans who can make mistakes and, and be able to sort of go on that journey. Yeah. There's some people who don't like to see the other side of, uh, you know, the other things exactly. from other perspectives. Yeah. Um, but yeah, no, I really liked that even Owen and, uh, yeah, it was interesting to see. Um, okay. Well, oh, this one, I always really like asking this question. What is your favorite game soundtrack? It's 100% Final Fantasy X. I love, like, I've been watching, there's a a streamer who's part of Rainbow Arcade, Louisiana, is doing their first playthrough of Final Fantasy X, and I've been lurking. And just, like, even even the music and just, like, the zones, it's so beautiful. Like, the music is so good. But I also, like, um, I remember I, I... 
played piano. I practiced, you know, learned piano for like 12 years. My parents had me do that. And <laughs> I remember being in middle, no, probably early elementary or late elementary school and getting like the the music, uh, the sheet music for Final Fantasy X and begging my piano instructor to let me learn how to play the songs from Final Fantasy X. And so for me, there's like a, like songs like To Xanarkand and yeah. they just have like a very there's like a soft spot in my heart for that soundtrack. <laughs> yeah. Final Fantasy X is like the first game I fell in love with. And like, I obviously loved games growing up, played them, but the one that I always remember is, yeah, is Final Fantasy X. Oh my God. Yeah, I remember crying. It's like, that's the oh, first yeah. time I've cried in a video game. Like once you get to the end and you realize what's going on, I'd like bawled my, I was like mm. at my parents' home in like, probably what it was like 2001 2002 or something like that so i was like maybe about to be in middle school and just bawling my eyes out <laughs> same i actually um i think the the bit where they're in the water and they kiss that was the first and currently the last time that i've kind of cried over a heterosexual relationship it was yeah. <laughs> the first and the last for me yeah, yeah the only time i let that one slip it was it was so good <laughs> If I actually stopped playing Final Fantasy X for a while. Um, and then I remember going, we had a religious education class and the whole class was about sin. And the entire time I was thinking, oh, shit, I really want to play Final, go back to Final Fantasy X. I, I love that because the, the <laughs> villain in that is called Sin. Yeah. And at the end of it, I was like, right. And I went back and like that week I finished it. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I, I defeated Sin. And so I just do like my other thing as well was like, I remember I really liked all the summons in 10 and I like barely leveled up my characters. And let me just say, Yuna became like my DPS turret and I would just cast a summon and it would be over. And I'd be like, okay, love this. <laughs> <laughs> so powerful. What did you think of 10 2 then? I like 10 2. I feel like 10 2 definitely screamed LGBT rights. <laughs> um, now, I didn't love it as much as, as the first one. Um, and two, I also, I know that there was like multiple endings, but I'm a fan. I'm going to be honest. I'm like a fan of a sad ending. I feel like it makes it more impactful for me. So like how Final Fantasy X ended, I thought was like perfect. Mm. Um, and so X2, I think my qualm is that like, you can sort of fix that into a certain extent. And it was still like, really, I still loved X2. Um, but it, it, I didn't love it as much as 10. I love a sad ending. Yeah. I'm. I like it. Feels yeah, feels real. Yeah. I was like that with um I've mentioned it a few times on stream, La La Land. Have you seen La La Land? Oh yes. I actually really liked La La Land. Same. I remember everyone was like hating on it and I was like, this is good because it's yeah. it's real life. Like yeah. shit like this happens. Like you not everybody has like a fairy tale ending, and that's okay. I like yeah. and I loved how at the end of La La Land they were just like acknowledge that they had something amazing, it came to an end and you, you know, yeehaw. Yeah. Spoiler <laughs> alert. Yeah. <laughs> Same with, uh, what's the other one that came out like that? The one with Lady Gaga, the one with only two decent songs. Oh, Star is Born. Star is Born, yeah. that's Another yeah. one, I'm just a sucker for a sad uh -huh. ending. Realistic. Yep. Was it I, the, I was watching the, I know this is going to upset people. I watched The Greatest Showman and like 15, 20 minutes before the end, I was like, I know what this is going to end up like. I'm, I'm gone. <laughs> so I just got up and left. Dave yeah. was furious. He's like, well, you can't just leave. He's like 20 minutes left, 15 minutes left. Like, yeah. <laughs> I know what's going to happen. I'm sorry. Oh yeah, I can listen to the soundtrack if I want the music, but... Uh, Absolutely, yeah. Yeah. Um, okay, now going on to like the games that you're playing now. What games yeah. are you playing now? Because it seems to be a different one every time I look. Yeah, so I, I've realized that like what I really love doing is like shorter narrative games. Like I, I'm, really, I'm playing Assassin's Creed Valhalla 
on my Very own short. right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I love short uh, narrative games. So currently, Valhalla. <laughs> yeah, but I'm playing for myself because I, yeah. I feel like if I were to play a game that like takes 60 to 80 hours to complete, I would literally be streaming it all of 2021. Mm-hmm. So I really like shorter narrative games. And so like, for example, like one that like I am playing AC Valhalla, but it's in my own time. I just recently finished Soma, uh, oh. the horror game. Um, and that's definitely probably a top 10 game for me. Mm-hmm. Uh, so Soma, I really, really loved. Um, and then beyond that, like I've obviously like I've played a lot of, and I think it's like maybe a thing with 2020 as well. Cause we all want to, you know, hang out with friends in whatever way we can, but you know, games like Fall Guys, Among Us, like fan, uh, Phantas- Phasmophobia have been really lovely because they allow sort of that like interaction with friends and family that that you know it, it makes it a little bit easier to go through the quarantining and things like that. So um and I think I am gonna be I think I am gonna be starting playing bugs bug snacks uh, today, which I haven't started yet, but I'm bug. really excited. I've heard really good things. Like people like Sierra Mist, I actually think said it was their game might be their contender for game of the year. <laughs> yeah, I, I played about 30 minutes of bug snacks. Um little 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 spoiler. A minute and a half in, lesbian relationship. <laughs> Literally a minute and a half into the game. I love that. <laughs> it was like, yeah, okay, this game I'm going to love. <laughs> and it's fun and burger, 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 burger. If that, that you will have imprinted in your head uh, by the end of today. So I can't wait to see that. You're playing that tonight, you say? Yeah, I'm going to start tonight. Yep. Oh, there's so much queer content, says makeup. Okay, I need to play more of it. Yeah, I was I'm really excited. So good. What? Um, so when with Valhalla, are you playing that on PC or PS5? I'm playing it. I'm actually playing it. I actually got very, very lucky because I was able to get an Xbox Series X and a PlayStation 5. And the first one that came to me was the Xbox Series X. So I'm actually playing it on that. Uh, How was it on there? It's really good. I mean, I, I, I don't know if I would notice it much in my gaming room because I don't have like a, I don't have a right capture card for 4K and things like that. But my TV in the living room is 4K. And I've, I've, I think it looks beautiful. Uh, and I think probably on the Xbox Series X, the most amazing thing is like the quick resume. I can't like you literally like can shut it down and then within two seconds, it's like right back up. <laughs> like it's absolutely amazing. <laughs> I can't wait. Two days, two days. All the games that I'm buying now, I'm getting for PS4 that have like free updates. And I'm yeah. allowing myself like a couple of hours to play it, like with Watch Dogs Legion and Assassin's Creed Valhalla. And I've like put it to one side because I'm just, <laughs> I'm just waiting. Oh. Yeah, can't wait. Um, okay, what? So, like, do you game quite a bit off stream? I do. I have like I have games that I definitely gravitate towards off stream. Like I said, I play a lot of Final Fantasy XIV off stream. Um, I really enjoy. Like I've always loved like longer story driven games. Like like I said, I fell in love with Final Fantasy IX. So like my love for story driven games is like very strong. And I find that I really enjoy playing those type of games off stream. Um, and then too, like even even games like for example, I really enjoy Dead by Daylight. And I know I don't know. Have you played it yet, Ben? Yeah, I every, I played it like three times, and at the end of every single time, I uh, I, I uninstall it. <laughs> I, I play that quite a bit off stream too, because it's just like I I think I try to tell myself that I have I'm very extroverted, so 2020 has been like particularly hard for me not being around friends. 
Um, so being able to like just hop on like Final Fantasy 14 or Dead by Daylight or something and just being able to like play some games with friends and hop into voice comms has always been it's been like really helpful for me um, over the course of this year. Yeah, multiplayer games have definitely been uh, really, really helpful. Yeah. Yeah. I have had times with Dead by Daylight where I'm like, okay, if I, you know, if I reach this goal or at this time, I will do some Dead by Daylight. And <laughs> I have had fun before with it with some friends, but it's, and I think yeah. I've had like an update and stuff. By the way, we, we were deviating off our flight path because as I told you, the uh, AI is uh, super glitchy. So we're- Oh no, should I buckle in? Yeah, buckle in. There's, uh, oh, yeah, I hope, <laughs> yeah, please. Seabell should be on anyway, but uh, oh dear. Uh, let's hope uh, hope you didn't have a drink on the on there. There we go. Oh, look at that. Beautiful. Beautiful. Look at it. We're going to Lesbos. Yeah, it's not it's taking us. No, we don't want to go to Lesbos. We're no, <laughs> wrong one. We're going to Mykonos. Oh, God. Uh, the gay equivalent. Um, what? Um, how do you find time to game? Because <laughs> you're streaming quite a bit. You've got Rainbow yeah. Arcade. You work. I mean, are you working from home or? Yeah, I'm working from home, so that definitely helps. Um, I, I think right now, and it's something that I'm working on, especially with like AC Valhalla, I need to like make more time to just play games for myself because for a long time there, I've been I've been so busy that like my gaming has literally been pretty much just like what I have time to stream. Mm -hmm. um, so I, I'm trying to get better at not just doing that because like a, a lot of the time, it's just like I'm just putting in like time to game into my stream time. So it's been nice to just like take a step back and like be able to play like AC Valhalla for me, you know? Yeah. I think that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to put the PS5 on the TV downstairs and I'm not going to stream from it. Just keep it there. Something to exactly. chill downstairs. Exactly. Yeah. The moment I'm until that happens, I'm just going down and watching the crown. Oh my gosh. I still need to get caught up on the crown. I haven't watched season three yet. Season three. Yet? Oh no. Yeah. Let me there's, watch season three and then do season four. Yeah, three is uh, three is great. There's a, an episode in set in Wales because there was a big Ooh. tragedy that happened in Wales, and uh, it's quite close to where where I live. In fact, I'm oh, actually no. going to do a cycle ride at some point when, because of this really weird, yeah, because of the lockdown, they've closed a bridge, like literally the only bridge you can go on this one cycle route. So I can't. Oh, uh, no. Yeah, it's just really really annoying. Uh, and yeah, once I once that's reopened, I can actually go up to this little village which uh yeah right. it was really really bad really oh, terrible uh -huh. tragedy but the whole like the episode on it was just so well done and so many people were like they didn't know about it um wow. but it's uh i won't spoil it because it's <laughs> the, the shock of it kind of yeah it, it's uh of what happens is really yeah uh, it's like next on my list right now i really have to get caught up on the crown yeah oh i just watched the new the first episode of four diana's in it and thatcher it's like oh, it's gonna be a good season who, who plays Thatcher? Isn't it Gillian Anderson? Yeah, Gillian Anderson. <clears throat> I love I love them so much. Oh, very good voice. <laughs> <For, laughs> Thatcher, she was... Yeah, it's like Thatcher is such a caricature of herself that it's, it's pretty difficult to actually impersonate her, but she does a, she does a very good, jo a very good job. Right. Um, what future games are you looking forward to? So it sounds like you play quite a bit, so I imagine there's quite a few coming out that you're yeah. looking forward to. I'm I'm definitely looking forward to Cyberpunk. I'm weary of it a little bit because of, you know, some of like the issues around like what the studios faced around crunch and um, you know, some of the the misfires on trans representation. I'm curious I'm I'm curious and hopeful that they're getting those things right. So I am excited about it, but like sort of wearily so. Yeah. Um and then I think Oh, will you be streaming uh Cyberpunk? 
I think I will. I know it's like a longer game, but I think I'm going to like really try to like hunker down and do that one on stream. Wow, all of it. Nice. You're going to, yeah. yeah. We, we discussed try. it on the panel, like content warnings and stuff. And, and yeah. hopefully they'll allow it to, uh, to be reviewed ahead of time. Yeah. So we can see. Oh, any others you say? I I mean this I know it's like super long off but I'm so excited for Final Fantasy 16. I'm like I've been like chomping at the bit for it because I I of all the Final Fantasy games actually Final Fantasy 15 is my least favorite. Um so I've sort of been waiting for uh, uh another like main line Final Fantasy game that like get, sort of gets back to like the things that I've loved about Final Fantasy so because uh, not that Final Fantasy 15 was awful, but it just like didn't feel like the same thing to me. And so I'm excited yeah. to see what they do with 16. And I'm hopeful that they sort of maybe go back to their roots because I know it looks a little like 15. It looks very similar to it, but I'm hoping that they sort of lean into like the fantasy and, yeah. and sort of all the things I love about like the, the Final Fantasy games. I get like Witcher vibe slightly of it. Kind of bit yeah. medieval style. Which, yeah, maybe that's like nine, I suppose, isn't it? Really, that kind of yeah. I and I see Honey does stuff. Point out like Yoshi P's involved, yes. and I have like a really like with what Yoshi P did with Final Fantasy fourteen. It gives me a lot of hope for sixteen. I, I'm gonna be the one person that totally, yeah, goes against everything in the chat. But I I didn't mind fifteen. <laughs> like I played it and got to the end. And uh, and I yeah. think the DLCs make it better too. Like I think the, my problem was like I played it at launch, and I remember Same. just being underwhelmed. And it was still it was a good game. Don't get me wrong, but like I think when I compare it to other Final Fantasies, it just mm -hmm. was really lacking. So I, I, I like I, I found that I found that the combat was like a bit messy. And then I played Seven Remake, and I was like, okay, this is what it should have been. Exactly. Yeah. Oh, have you? Uh, did you play Seven Remake? Did you finish it? Uh, I did. I absolutely did. And I loved it. <laughs> <laughs> Same. Yeah. Oh, this is Ed says, are we talking about Final Fantasy? Ed, rewind to the beginning because this has been Final Fantasy, Final Fantasy loving. You, talk, you were saying actually about 10 being your soundtrack. I remember buying 10 and importing it from Japan when I was like 15 oh, wow. or whatever or 14 because I was just so obsessed with it. And yes, my parents used to often hear that Sutaki yeah. being played constantly. Oh, yeah, some remake, another amazing soundtrack. Yeah, it really is. I got the 8 CD version of it. It's uh, and also, But I don't have a CD player, so that's a bit of a pointless uh, <laughs> thing. <laughs> uh, um, what? Uh, so, yeah, you, uh, which ones of those are you going to stream? So you're going to stream um, you said you're going to stream Cyberpunk. Are there any that yeah. you're like not going to stream? You just want to play? Like Hellblade um, 2 maybe? Do you think you'll stream that? I will definitely do the new Hellblade game for sure because Hellblade was, I think, one of the most emotional and raw games I ever played. Uh, yeah. I think, like, and it's one that, like, stuck with me, too, especially because, like, when you finish the game, um, they there's actually, like, a quick little, I think it was, like, 15 or 20-minute um, documentary sort of on how they did it. Mm -hmm. And, like, playing the game and feeling so raw about how it was created and then seeing what went into it, yeah. that's, like, really brought it all together for me. So I'm actually very, very excited about the next Hell Hellblade. And, the, like, I've never ever been into ASMR, but that guy's voice was just... Hello, oh, my God. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, amazing. And, yeah. Red, thank you so much for the raid. Uh, I'm about to turn on the autopilot again, so we'll see. <laughs> we'll see what happens this time, see if it, uh, see if it actually works. Um, okay, yeah, yeah, Hell, Hellblade 2, I can't wait. Honestly, that 30 minutes, I'm glad I didn't watch it before, but it, 
did it make you kind of want to play it again? Yeah, it did because it, to see the sort of the lengths they went to and, and that sort of gets back to what we talked about earlier about like game studios trying to get representation right. Mm. And I just, it made me appreciate, like I already loved the game. I'm glad I also didn't watch it first, but yeah. I played it. I absolutely loved the game. I remember be, feeling very raw and emotional after, and then like being able to go back and watch it after that was just absolutely awe-inspiring. Like I just, it was really amazing to go back and watch that documentary then afterwards. Yeah. I felt like watching that documentary. In fact, I think like the week after I'd spent my time going through Twitch, the Twitch directory, watching people playing it and like, yeah, revisiting and, and seeing it there. Yeah. It's on Game Pass. If anybody's got Game Pass. Oh my gosh. Please yeah. play Hellblade. It's brilliant. <laughs> so good. Um, okay. Now going on to like your uh, future goals and stuff. What, um, well, no, not future goals, but what's your game of the year so far? I think my game of the year is Final Fantasy VII R, to be honest. It, I thought it was like a really good, a really thoughtful and a really sort of like, they put a lot of love into it to like this series that everybody loves so much. So I think for me, Final Fantasy VII R. The other one I will say um, is, uh, I, I'm gonna throw Animal Crossing in there. And I think it's like, I I think there's something to be said about what Animal Crossing did for you know, everybody as the, the pandemic got underway and oh, yeah. there's sort of like this special magic to Animal Crossing. And granted, I don't play it as often anymore, but I I really think that, you know, sort of for me, FF7R and, and Animal Crossing New Horizons, like they, if I think back onto like what I've done this past year and what's, what game has like stuck with me, those are probably the two. Yeah. Oh, fantastic. I remember going over to your island I think I bought a ladder on your island. It was the first time I had the ladder and I got to oh, so much access yeah. because of that. Yeah. <laughs> Animal Crossing, I can relate. That changed my streaming career pretty much. <laughs> 180. What did, um, have you seen the new update for it? I did. And I'm very excited. I'm very excited for the new update. And I think the thing that I'm really excited now, I wish it was at launch, but, um, you know, seeing the, the hairstyles, the more yeah. diverse and inclusive hairstyles was really nice to see. Of course, I like, obviously we want those things to be in, you know, put into games from the moment they, you know, first are launched, but it yeah. was really nice to see that. That's right. I think they had like short dreads and that was the only one that they had, uh, exactly. from the start. Uh, and we can be bold as well. <laughs> if you want to be bold. <gasps> there's going to be some interesting looks yeah and finally i'm looking forward to doing some uh reactions that all the villagers have been able to do since the start and now we can do them <gasps> like sit down <clears throat> is the plane moving the plane is moving uh we're just over the water um and hopefully although we are kind of i say the autopilot is slightly broken we are uh by the way yeah we, i should really explain where we are uh, i should really kind of find out where we are as well we're <laughs> 82 nautical miles from uh, mykonos although heading slightly off. Um, we're currently going past the... Oh, gosh, how do I say this? Uh, you can do it. Uh, see, I don't know how to... If I click on this. Coracida. Oh, my God, that looks gorgeous. <laughs> Just had a look at the uh, picture. Coracida. Have a look at that beach. Jesus, that is... Oh, I want to go to this. I'd love to go to Greece. Have you ever been to Greece? I have never been to Greece, no. no. I would love to go once everything, you know, gets back to normal. I would love to visit someday. I don't know if I'm, like, I'm not necessarily drawn to, like, Mykonos or anything like that, but I would mm -hmm. love to go to Athens because I was uh, uh, in in college and to, to a certain extent, I'm, like, was, like, a huge history fan, so. <laughs> so you're, not, you're not a circuit gay? 
No, yeah, no, you know, I, maybe, you know, the tank tops all the time on stream might come across one way, but I, <laughs> yeah, don't, we've got a question on that coming up later. <laughs> don't worry, Ed, I will get your question asked. Uh, uh, no, same, same exactly. Like his, the history and the food. Oh yeah. Food. Absolutely love. But yeah. I used to live in Barcelona and every month, well, every, every month, every year, there was like literally one month of circuit parties and I used oh, to yeah. live in La Chample, yeah. which is where it was based. I, I was like, every time I was there, I'm like, this must be how uh, straight people feel. Because like all the way around, they're just like gay people, gay like couples everywhere. Yeah. So, have you been, did you ever go, uh, you know, to Barcelona during a circuit party? I never joined a circuit party. I have been to Spain, but not Barcelona. My uh, grandparents were actually originally from before they moved to Canada. They were actually from the area of France right across the border from Spain. Uh, so Landocusion in the southern part. Um, so I wish I had gone to Barcelona, but I went back to that area of France and then crossed over the border into, into Spain for a little bit, but never got to Barcelona, unfortunately. Oh, Barcelona is one, one of my favorite cities. Not just because I live there, but it's just... Yeah, chef's kiss is brilliant. <laughs> I love it. Um, okay, so what are your plans for the future? What's ahead for Justin Nick? I I think honestly, just like sticking with with what I've been doing. I I feel I you know, and of course, I'm always constantly working on it because I think we're all comparing ourselves to others. But I I definitely like where I am right now. I, I mean, I want to grow. I want to continue growing, but. Uh, you know, working, you know, being able to work really hard with with regard to Rainbow Arcade uh, is something that I'm really looking forward to. And, you know, I I, I want to see my channel, you know, continue to grow. I would love and, and something that like sort of like my vision board for myself is like someday I would love to be like more directly involved in like whether that be like uh, game commentating or or working more closely with the industry. So it sort of goes back to what I said about, you know, the thing I love about Twitch being a bridge. And um, I can already see how sort of it's creating that bridge, not just for creators to to have more of a voice in the industry. But, you know, I, I'm, I'm hopeful that I can sort of see myself in that in that same thing and, and working into like getting within more intimately involved in the industry as well. I've, I've turned on autopilot. Uh, apologies for your drinks uh, <laughs> that were all Oh no! <laughs> yeah, just just wait. I'm I'm gonna turn on the autopilot to see if it'll get us there because we're only 66 nautical miles away. Uh, so autopilot is last oh, time. That <laughs> oh god, that drop! I felt it. Yeah, we are. Yeah, sorry about your drink. We'll get you another one. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the sorry the, the co-pilot is currently sat on my lap right now. We're going around. I've clicked. So sometimes it it likes to kind of drop down and then kind of just write itself back. That's what happened last time. Um, so hopefully, hopefully this time is what it's doing. It might, I don't know why it's, if it's not quite at the right height, it just does like a quick, you know, one, eight, a quick 360 yeah. and then continues yeah. going. We've run out of vomit bags. I'm sorry. Just, just do it in your hand. Just uh, don't clap. Oh. My um. apple juice dropped to my Nintendo. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I mean, it is a private plane. It's, you know, you're lucky to even to be on here. <laughs> so, yeah apologies if anybody yeah has anybody ever got travel sick from a from a podcast before <laughs> <laughs> this might be the first uh i'll make sure i get to the cockpit to let the pilot know what i think thank you very much excellent <laughs> yeah we are doing a uh a 18 we're doing a 360 at the moment why is i'm not sure why the flight path has gone white now um oh it's oh we're heading back 
<laughs> we're going, we're we're going, going back. back. He's like, no, sorry, uh, your gay card was revoked. Visa cancelled. <laughs> it's. Uh, we're, I'm not. I, yeah, it's. This is autopilot, and I don't know why, but for some reason, the flight path has gone white and it's turned 180. So let's let's manually move it. Oh my god. Oh Jesus Christ. Oh. He's oh. <laughs> like, sorry about that. Oh. Oh, okay. I didn't be like this apparently yeah. right now. Yeah, yeah, no, no. <laughs> now you wondered why the uh, why the um, seat belts were like a roller coaster over the top, over the shoulders. There we go. There are snakes in this plane. <laughs> a couple of snakes. Yeah. Okay, well, I'm gonna have to manually. I'll manually guide it to our destination. There we go. <laughs> Gay panic on jet streamers. That's it. Ah, <laughs> oh, well, yeah, it's the first ride, not the last ride on the way to Mykonos. Uh, <laughs> bag. Yeah, please just ignore the uh, oxygen masks that fell uh, from there. And oh. put it on yourself first, and then help others. Uh, so, when would you say that you're? Yeah, exactly. Would you? Um, are you? Are you keeping Justin Nick? Uh, no, I, I'm in the process of trying to get my name changed on, on Twitch. And mostly it's that it's a, it's very confusing. <laughs> name, so people are like, is it Nick or is it Justin? And I was like, I do not want to add to this confusion. So I am trying to get uh, my name changed, but it's been quite an arduous process with Twitch, unfortunately. <laughs> really? Oh, no. Are you, are you able to give us a little hint or... Uh... Yeah, it's actually... I'm going with Justin Plus, um, but uh, it's just taking a little while on Twitch's end. Um, so, right. not Justin Top Gaming. It's gonna, <laughs> you know, I'm trying to lie in my branding. <laughs> well, <laughs> Justin Top Gaming, yeah. Justin Plus, isn't, is it Grinder Plus? Is that the premium one as well? Yeah, I think Grinder Plus is the premium one. Yeah, yeah. there we go. Who knows? <laughs> <laughs> oh, he, Justin's like, well, Justin Bottom Gaming? No, that, oh, is that what you're changing to, Justin? No, it should be, you know what? Maybe maybe we're just going to drop Justin altogether and I'm just going to be Modular Top. Modular you know? Oh my God. What was your name on uh, Among on Us? Steam. It's on Steam, yeah. It's my Steam name and I've had multiple people reach out and be like, are you Modular Top? <laughs> <laughs> it's like, wow. <laughs> yeah, that's oh. me. What was, your, what was your Among Us nickname? I think it was modular top. I actually think I did modular top for that as well. Oh, yeah. I can I remember. Uh, yeah, it was. Oh, what was it? It was no. It was there something that you were gonna sell? Oh, power bottom. Power yeah. bottom. <laughs> oh, that's so the ben future thing, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Ben and I both have very oily skin, and mm -hmm. our, our our key lights definitely pick up that oil. Oh my god. So take care of that oil with just a dab of power bottom. Now available on Elgato. Thank you. <laughs> Justine Plus, yeah, uh, yeah. These lights, like I'm, it's not eighteen percent. I'm not, I like just try putting these up any higher, and I get a tan. Uh, I do the same thing. Mine are at like five. Yeah. Oh wow. Yeah, Dave, my partner, he's got one of these like lights because uh, because we're staying in a lot, and also Cardiff is the rainiest city in the whole of the yeah. UK. So he's got one of these like lights that um, you know it's meant to kind of simulate having vitamin d or whatever having the sun and, and it's meant to cheer you up and stuff and i'm just yeah. like that is not even as bright as my as my light on 10 percent. just sit on my just sit at the desk for five minutes you know with the lights on full yeah you got a sad light yeah a sad light <laughs> so uh yeah sounds so depressing okay let's move on to some of the questions from the chat 
I'm very excited for this. Yeah, they've had some. They're mixed in uh, seriousness. <laughs> definitely, yeah. definitely mixed. So let's start with a serious one. There's some really okay. good ones. Uh, this one was. Um, I can't remember exactly who sent every single one, uh, but I know that this one was from Canadian Book Girl, aka Gemma, who said Justin recently talked about recognizing his privilege in the queer community as a white cis male, fairly educated person. Um, how has that changed how he engages as a queer streamer on Twitch and in other parts of life? Yeah, I think for me, this journey sort of started with Instagram and uh, recognizing how, you know, first of all, you recognize how quickly like a, a, a heterosexual streamer, especially, a, or not a streamer, but a heterosexual influencer who is white and male can quickly grow. And then, you know, you juxtapose that to it's much slower being, a, you know, a gay influencer and then you also realize sort of like the layers of privilege, right? Mm. And, you know, I, I had really good, I have really good friends who, who are also influencers and they're, they're, you know, BIPOC and they grow even slower. And I think it first started there and you realize that that manifests everywhere. And this sort of also then gets into the work I've done. So my background's in public policy and I've worked for the federal government in the United States in two different capacities. One was with environmental uh, policy. Um, and a lot of the work that I did at the Environmental Protection Agency in, in Washington, D.C. was focused on environmental justice. And you recognize very quickly as you start doing that research that, uh, you know, there's a, a plethora of things that go into how environmental justice affects marginalized communities and that they're often the most affected by, for example, pollution or or you know the adverse activities of industry uh then i also worked uh in the department of health and human services then as well uh doing organ transplant policy and again it manifests in very interesting ways you know it's steve jobs for example got an organ very easily because he had the money and the resources to enroll in multiple transplant centers to get a liver mm -hmm. whereas if you are a poor marginalized person that you may only have access to one transplant center or you might not even have the opportunity to do that in the first place so uh, that sort of all then comes together and, and with regard to streaming as well because we recognize that you know the sort of like the analogy i like to make is that you know white gay cisgendered streamers we really benefit in the community from that privilege and you know, I'm not saying I think it's it's no one's saying that if you are a white, gay, may, uh, a white, gay, cisgendered streamer, that there aren't, you know, obstacles for you on your journey to streaming. But my, the, what I always like to point out is that the obstacle for me could be like a small little three foot like wall. I have to just take a quick step over. It's still an annoyance, but it's just a quick step. Whereas you could have a a transgender uh, BIPOC creator who has a, uh, a 10 foot wall that's booby trapped that they have to crawl over, mm. um, just to get any form of recognition and have a seat at the table. So I think when you put it in those terms, it becomes more easy to understand that if you do come from a place of privilege, where if I can quickly get over and surmount the things that prevent me from being on the same level as uh, a cisgendered heterosexual white man on Twitch, when I am able to get over, it is also my responsibility to be aware that that privilege manifests, that I benefited from my privilege in that community. And then it's also on me 
to do the work of understanding where marginalized communities are and not putting the pressure on them to educate me either. And then also being able to, to reach out to them and being like, you know, I recognize my privilege. How can we be in this together where I'm not taking your voice away from you, but I'm also doing the things that are necessary so that we all win as a collective LGBTQIA plus family. And I think some of the issue really becomes that we've spent so much time talking about the progress that we've made, not just on live streaming, but in politics and, and representation. And it often takes the form of white gay men. And that's not enough. And now it's time that we start having serious conversations that our community is intersectional. There are a variety of stories and experiences, and they all deserve that same treatment. They all deserve that same respect. And I think that it manifests then beyond Twitch as well, because, you know, my time spent in policy, I literally could watch how policy has these adverse effects and that, you know, I even as I'm writing policy, the problem then also becomes like I am white and gay and I have privilege. So if I'm the one writing policy and I'm not asking people to provide their their situations and to qualitatively come to me with what's going on in their lives. I'm also not writing good policy then, right? Because I'm not listening to the things that they go through. And I, I personally haven't experienced the things that they go through. So really what it boils down to is an awareness. It's a, also an educational component and understanding that the work of educating doesn't fall on those marginalized communities. Google is free. And then putting in the work then and it's something that I love talking, like Cypher of Tear talks about it quite a bit, but there's a big difference between being an ally and being an accomplice. And we should all strive to be accomplices. And that goes for us white cisgendered gay men because we need to put in the work too. Yeah. Like we have to be accomplices. I think sometimes we think because we are also ourselves marginalized that we don't need to do that, but we yeah. do. We need to put in the work as well. Could have said it better myself, really, honestly. <laughs> Um, we had a few comments in the chat, some really good ones. One, um, yeah, Jen was saying, Google is free. It really is. Yeah. The amount of times somebody was like, can somebody recommend some uh, 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 BIPOC tabletop games or tabletop uh, creators? And it's like, well, Google, <laughs> you know, use yeah. your Google. How can you, you yep. don't, these people don't need to educate you. Yeah. It's not their place to, you've got Google. Really? Yeah. Do too, like, you know, I've listened to like Urban Bohemian and, and Jess is in chat too. Go JG, uh, Cypher of Tear. Like there's also a component as well that like as we move forward, you know, I think the impetus starts being on like your what the media and the things that you could you consume should automatically be diverse. Like we we need to move past that point where it's like I'm looking for BIPOC creators. Yeah. Like we need to move past that point where we get to the point where it's just like diversity and inclusion and and having you know the media that we consume be diverse should just be an automatic thing that we do yeah without needing to ask and i i hope it starts moving in that direction more and i think it is i think it's slowly moving in that direction but i'm excited you know and i know cypher and brian have talked about it too where it's like we want people to come to our ttrpg shows not just because they're looking for bipoc ttrpgs like we want them to come because they enjoy ttrpgs period <laughs> yeah you know have a look at your following list really it can it can tell you a lot about yourself and where you're missing out people, yeah yeah exactly. if you've got a, a non-diverse you know group of friends following list or you don't kind of 
you know, immerse yourself in these type of situations and around these people, you're missing out. <laughs> you really are. Yeah. You're missing out. Absolutely. Um, brilliant. Yeah. Okay. Let's see. Let's hope this next one. Okay. Uh, next one was... Oh my gosh, I can't remember exactly who it was that said this, but thank you for it. Um, I'll be interested in the general journey from Insta to Twitch. What are like the pros, the cons, the wins, the failures, if you, you know, of comparing Insta to Twitch? You said before about how it's kind of two-dimensional yeah. on Instagram, whereas on Twitch you can be yourself, but are there any negatives or any presumptions maybe that people have made from you? About uh, you? I think so. I definitely, I definitely recognize that I come across a certain way on Instagram versus how I come across on Twitch because like on Instagram, you can't really get to know the real me. Um, and I, I think too, the other thing is like when we're talking about like social media and how it integrates into, into Twitch, like, uh, Instagram really is not a great tool. Generally speaking, y you know, I think Twitter and TikTok are really probably the tools. Like if you were really going to focus on like uplifting your and and you know uplifting your twitch uh channel like you probably will much more benefit from like twitter and tiktok mm -hmm. uh and and two like i i think that you know generally speaking i i i just think that instagram sort of feeds into a i don't want to say like a delusion of what life is but it's definitely not a reality right yeah and even like what, you know, what anybody posts on, on Instagram tends to, again, it, it's very two dimensional and you go from, you go from, you know, doing very two dimensional quick snapshots of your life. And then you're on Twitch and you recognize that like when you're live for people and you're making these like real connections, it is, they are not part and parcel. Like Instagram and Twitch could not be further apart on like the social media scale. Yeah. Um, and and you quickly realize that like, you know, on, on Instagram, like if I am having a bad day, you would never know, but on Twitch, you're going to know, like, you're going to be able yeah. to tell when I'm having a bad day or that things are going on in my life or, and you have to sort of get comfortable being uncomfortable with being real about, you know, yeah, I'm a human being and, and like, you're going to see that come through when I'm live and unfiltered on, on Twitch. Yeah. Cause it's like a, like I said before, a bit like a reality TV show. <laughs> you're there. Exactly all the yeah when you go when you're live and like are you tired ben did you have a good sleep last night oh sorry yeah i am actually tired and thank you all noticed it <laughs> it's <Yeah>. like <laughs> you can't hide from that stuff yeah um okay now uh if you met your 15 year old self so unrelated kind of unrelated to actual streaming yeah. and stuff if you could if you met your 15 year old self what would you say to him and what advice would you give him by the way we just we are making the approach right now um uh, the red lines are the way is that's the flight path to land uh, red means we're going way too fast. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, I'm buckled in. <laughs> please buckle in. Please, please buckle in. Uh, and also, I've got to say the chat. I will. This is going to be on YouTube. This will be on Spotify. This will be on um, on Inst on uh, iTunes, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. The conversation. If anybody wants to, rec I, I have to recommend watching this as a highlight on Twitch because you'll see the chat. We've had such interesting viewpoints. People not necessarily disagreeing, but people point putting out their points of view and and debate going on i really highly recommend uh checking it out on there if you are listening to this on any any other platform but yeah so sorry if you met your 15 year old self what would you say to him i wish that i was more comfortable being who i was I, that was like i remember being 15 was like a really tumultuous time for me because that's actually when i left canada and moved to the united states and um, I had uh, grown up, uh, French was my first language because I was 
uh, raised in the French speaking part of Canada mm-hmm. uh, and moved really to the middle of nowhere uh, in Pennsylvania in the United States. And mm-hmm. I sort of wanted to hide everything about who I was. Like I felt very uncomfortable because I definitely had uh, at the time a very thick, you know, French Canadian accent. I, I think probably then I also, I for sure knew I was gay, but obviously didn't want to, you know, ruffle any feathers and, and I was not in a very diverse place. So I spent a lot of time, you know, trying to cover up who I was and not embracing those things. And I, if I could go back and tell my 15 year old self, I would, I would, I would just tell myself to be more at ease with who I am and, and not be so concerned about what people thought. Yeah. It's easy. Like nowadays, when you look back at it, it's kind of easy to just not care. But I remember this being like that. Yeah. you really, you want to kind of fit in. Um, yeah. <laughs> I love the giant too fast, too fast <laughs> sign. Oh, just I'm <laughs> answering the question. <laughs> I can see your eyes like uh, <laughs> widening. Oh, we go fast. <laughs> this is a little too fast. Um, okay. Now on to the uh, some other questions. Um, this is from Ed Knights. That's Ed underscore Knights. Uh, who I will be doing. Who I've announced yesterday. I'm going to be starting a podcast with every Friday, every Thursday. Uh, for one hour, we're going to be talking about games similar to click, click, play, but just one hour. Um, because Ed knows everything about games. So we're going to be, uh, we're going to be chatting a lot. Uh, I'm going to be chatting a lot to Ed every, every Thursday, but this, yeah, Ed underscore nights, um, who likes to bake bread in various shapes of genitalia. Uh, <laughs> you should see this bread. Uh, he says, does Justin's wardrobe consist of anything other than tank tops? <laughs> Oh my God. Love this for me. Um, you know, yes. Uh, I, <laughs> I think so when I, cause I worked for the federal government for so long and I, <laughs> he started out like when I was streaming, like, especially before COVID and things like that, I was always in like a suit and tie. So like when I come home, you know, my automatic thing is to get as comfortable as possible so I would just gravitate towards tank tops and that's what I would stream in, especially because my stream rooms get so uncomfortably yeah. hot and I already like have oily skin and on top of the sweat, it was just not a pretty sight. So I do indeed. Now, have you seen them? I think I've maybe streamed three times with a t-shirt on. So that's saying something, you know, yeah. uh, three years and only three times, you know, we got one per year. Santi <laughs> says, it's so funny seeing Justin in other streams wearing sleeves. Yeah. <laughs> I, I'm glad that I put that question. In. I'm like, yeah, don't wear a sleeve. We're, we're going to Mykonos. I'm surprised you're wearing a shirt, exactly. to be honest. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I'm wearing your top at all. Uh, he wore a t-shirt to the gaming. Yes, you were on a yeah. podcast yesterday with Gaming Mug, a t-shirt. I did. I, thought I need to be a little bit, you know, professional. So we, we put on a t-shirt. <laughs> I did think there was something, there was something off when I saw I didn't realize it was that. That was, yeah. I was like, that just doesn't look like Justin. <laughs> it's like seeing like a dog walk on its back legs or something. It's like, it's not <laughs> just out of its natural habitat okay um we're about to land we keep hearing the stall sounds (laughs) from the cockpit um but we're just before we i have got two quick quick questions that we can we can ask on the on the uh, ground if you don't mind but brace oh too fast yeah brace we're oh, we're getting it too fast. Oh, we're getting double too fast. Oh no, not double too fast. Look at the you know before we inevitably crash here. Look at the beautiful Mykonos countryside. Beautiful. <laughs> the amount of 
stuff that goes off on this island. <laughs> Here we go. We're oh oh. So we don't hit the trees. We're at least we're. Um, I don't, I don't understand how this is too fast. It feels too slow. But we're we're gonna make it on the runway. Buckle up. Brace. 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 Yeah, we didn't bounce up. We didn't bounce up. I think that is the best. Oh, okay. Oh, we got a little bit of a swivel there. But oh yeah, a little yeah, shaking our tush. Landing. <laughs> I think that was probably the best landing. I mean, it doesn't take much to be honest. The fact that we didn't bounce right back up into the air—that's already <laughs> best. The best oh, landing. <laughs> <sighs> we made. We're in. We're in Greece. I feel like the Ryanair clapping uh, <laughs> kind of sound effect would go off in the. <laughs> <laughs> so proud of you so proud of you how many tequilas right we definitely do one after that landing um, uh, a lot. we're going immediately going to Lindsay lohan's beach house yeah we're gonna be totally <laughs> pissed pissed as a fart <laughs> when we go over there a couple of very quick questions before we finish um with everything that's going on this was i oh god again i'm not sure i'm so sorry uh for the person who asked this, i didn't get the name but with everyone that happened in everything that's happened in the u.s in the last four years have you ever considered moving back to canada Yes. So I, I have, uh, actually in 2016, when Trump was elected, my mom called me crying and begging me to come back to Canada. Um, oh. but it's hard because I ended up, because I, I ended up staying in the U S for, for undergrad and graduate school. Um, and then it was easy to find a job, uh, because of like the natural sort of networks that came out of that in the United States. So it was very hard to just like, you know, pick up and leave. Um, so, you know, I've definitely, I've definitely thought about it. I, I love Canada and I miss home quite a bit. Um, but a lot of my, a lot of my life is here in the United States. Now it's also difficult for my, for my partner as well, because like I said, my, my partner's a, a certified nurse anesthetist. Um, and, that doesn't exist outside the U.S. and Canada's um, anesthesiologist, uh, like the doctors, they have a very strong union that doesn't allow them to practice in uh, Canada. So he would he would have we would have to live very close to the U.S. border and go back and forth. Oh yeah, <laughs> but that'd be fun. Yeah. Uh, no, that, that's yeah, that that's interesting. That's great that your parent that your mother was uh, you know yeah worried about that. Yeah. What? <laughs> yeah I'm, how how has it been the last time it's been off for like personally just for you obviously for many other communities it's been absolutely horrific how personally for you has it been living that uh, four years yeah uh you know i i think one of the things this goes back to sort of our our talk on privilege because you know for for me as like a white cisgendered man i probably haven't been as affected by the policies but um you know, because I, I do try to be intersectional and I, I try to learn and I, I try to be an accomplice to marginalized groups. It's been, it's been really sad for me to see my, my friends suffer under the administration the last four years. And, and to sort of put this in context, my, when I was in, um, 2016, I was finishing up my master's uh, in my master's program and, worked in a toxicology lab doing research and um my the phd student who i worked really close with is a uh, a mexican immigrant her she's like a first generation person uh to the united states and she it was a really tough day to go in for both of us you know me as a as a gay as a gay man her as a you know a mexican immigrant in the sciences 
it was really tough. And I remember us both like not really doing any work that day and just kind of crying. And mm. um, so, you, you know, for me, you know, there hasn't been as many things. Now, granted, there has been things that have affected me, but definitely not as much as, you know, our, our, our brothers and sisters in the community who face different layers of privilege. Mm. I can imagine, really imagine. Final question. Final question. Um, yes. Oh, this is where we lose all the viewers. So this was from Sarah Kay who is our fellow sportsing person. She wears polo uh-huh. necks and khakis, although she doesn't ever like to admit that. Um, she says, Justin played NCAA Division One soccer. He downplays it, but that's a very big deal. I'm sure you can come up with a sports question for him, Ben, with all your sportsing knowledge. Um, so another kind of a related question. Uh, tell me, how's, how's the Bundesliga going right now? Uh, you know, Bayern definitely... Somebody needs to step in and take it away from Baron because mm. for the next couple of years it doesn't look like anything's going to change. <laughs> do you want? Do you want Leap? Is it Leipzig Red Bull? Do you really want them to take it though? No, I don't. <laughs> but to be honest, to be fair, I'm actually a Baron fan, but I even recognize that there is just not enough diversity. <laughs> yeah, it's always Bayern. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it really is. I've. Um, um, what do you, what's your opinion on Barnsley? Barnsley Football Club, who are currently uh, 16th in the championship at the moment. <gasps> Isn't that your team? It is, yeah. We had about a 30-minute chat last night on uh, on, on the Discord DMs about Barnsley <laughs> Football Club. You know, the, the issue here in the US is that like it's so difficult to get you know, good football because the only time we really get it here, especially if you're not like, if you don't have like a, a an extensive cable network, if you're, especially because I've like cut the cord basically. But um, the only time you will see it is if very big name teams are playing like Barcelona, yeah. you know, Real Madrid, uh, Man U, Liverpool. And then you only see those other teams if they are playing them. Yeah. <laughs> and two, I think for me, what's, I am not, I like sports, but the only sports I like, and it's obviously a very U.S. phenomena, is um, college sports in the U.S. Like, I really gravitate towards, like, if I'm going to watch something, like, it's going to be, like, NCAA American football, NCAA uh, European football, (laughs) or NCAA basketball. Like, that's typically what I gravitate towards, because I'm less of a fan of, like, um, you know, the major leagues, if you will. Okay. God, well, there you go. Look at that. Sports question. <laughs> if you have any questions also about Formula One, I can answer. You know, that's that's my... Formula One is like literally the only sport I watch nowadays. Yeah. Although I'm sure people will be like, that's not a sport. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I, miss, I miss playing soccer. I, I had a lot of fun while I did it. And it was definitely, especially because like the like NCAA sports become such money makers in the US or the colleges that they're associated with. They put a lot of, uh, it's a lot of pressure to maintain like practice and traveling across the country for games. And then on top of it, like I knew I, I was, I was okay enough at soccer to do division one soccer and NCAA, but I knew I was never going to go pro. So I was like, I'm going to like, I'm going to really focus on my studies. So I was like double majoring and triple minoring. And I was like really struggling to keep up. (laughs) May I, I hope it's not too a personal question, but what position are you? I I was left midfield, although they sometimes would swap me to left fullback, but I, I preferred playing left fullback, but I was fast. So they wanted me left mid usually. (laughs) Okay. Oh, you left footed? 
I am, yeah. yeah. I'm right-handed but left-footed yeah, for of all the things. Davey <laughs> so. says, Justin was tight end. Don't let him fool. I <laughs> don't know what that means. Is that an American football thing? Uh, yeah. Yes. Fast. <laughs> all right. Well, we've made it. Thank you so, 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 so much for agreeing this. Like, it was a little... Because we, we're going to go to Athens, which is like a good hour 20. Uh-huh. And I think it was Swezel who would persuade us, like, why are you not going to Mykonos? <laughs> like, oh, yeah, that, that makes a lot more sense. So we switched to it. We had a little slightly longer flight. But yeah, thank you so much for this. Um, it's been so informative. Yeah, like, getting I to had know a you. Lot. I had an absolute blast. This was so fun. And I'm really excited for us to go, you know, chill with Lindsay Lohan. Yeah, you guys in the clubs. You, oh, you go on the, get your Instagram, you know, get them, a, send them a message. I'm sure your <laughs> friend's on there. <laughs> get us into the parties. <laughs> if not, we'll get sweat. Swezzle will, you know, sneak us in somewhere. <laughs> um, how do we find you? Where can we find you? When can we find you? So I stream, I, I, my days change. I don't have like a set schedule, but I usually always stream four times a week on, uh, at, Justin underscore Nick on uh, Twitch. I'm also on Twitter, but I have the most common name in the world. So mm-hmm. I can never get the same name across all platforms. So on Twitter, I'm uh, Justin underscore more. And those are probably, those are probably fine. You'll find me everywhere else through those two. So it's like one of those links. Yeah. Do you have a website to like where with all the links to everyone, for everyone no, to just like click? That's something on the list of like the to-do list is like maybe have like a website that synthesizes everything, but not yet. Nice. And you're streaming tonight? Bug Snacks? I am. I'm streaming Bug Snacks tonight. Uh, I'll probably start in the next 45 minutes, probably. There you go. Yeah. Have a drink and get, uh, yeah. yeah, get relaxed. Thank you. <laughs> again so so much um i'm gonna stop the recording for the podcast